right. It is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 11th, the post-Extreme Rules results show. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Not much, my friend. Not much. I'm excited to uh, come on here. We've been somewhat of a challenging day, so it's good to hang out with you and just uh, shoot the shit about some wrestling. Oh, yeah, had a long day. Yes, you could say that. And right. um, and hence why I wanted to get on here early so I could go to sleep a little bit. <laughs> see, how, see how that works? That works. Then I, have, then I have more time to watch some weird movies. Yes. And, Which and I, 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 assume, I assume one of them is going to be Stage Fright, the one you were telling me about before we came on the air. It's going to be like uh, further further along. Like today I started watching the Friday the 13th movies. But uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be watching them in order like Friday the 13th, 1, 2, 3, and 4. I'm going to... Base them out like so I can't watch them back to back to back and that's just too much. Yeah. So I'm gonna like pick a random movie in between. Like I was watching before we came on the air, I was watching this movie called Minute Work with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez that came out in like 1990. I can't believe I actually wanted to go see this at the theaters. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm glad I didn't go because it's a terrible movie. It is not funny at all. Yeah, for some reason you have a history of of picking these terrible movies. I don't know why that is. But. Well, this was a comedy. It was uh, like nineteen ninety. Uh, there were all sorts of weird movies around in the early nineties, but like this one just looked. I thought it might be uh, funny and thought it might be good, but nope. All these years later, I'm watching. It's not good at all. It's terrible. So don't well, watch it. Well, okay then, I won't. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, after uh, after we get through with the show, I'm gonna see about going check out Friday Thirteen Part Two. Very good. All right. So, what do you say we start with um, Extreme Rules? Uh, yes, yeah, from Sunday night, and what a pay per view, Ben. Yes, um, overall, I I quite enjoyed this. So there, now, there were a few notable misses. You know what? Wanna, yeah, keep, keep talking. I'm going to pull up the wrestling data site. I want to see the ratings that they gave these matches. So I can... Uh, and then, oh, actually, uh, if this is cool, I'm going to read uh, the, the reviews for each match uh, by one of my friends on Facebook, Evan Ginsberg. Okay, cool. Very good. Yeah, we can do that. All right, let me just pull up the... Let me pull up the results for Extreme Rules. So fans will be back shortly and get this review underway. So stay tuned. All right, so Extreme Rules 2022. Ben. What do we have? First match, the good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes. What a way to kick off this pay-per-view in particular. This was a great match. Good God. What a what a hot opener. You know, any any match that involves uh Seamus and I shall not call him Gunther, um <laughs> is, is, is is gonna be a good match. 
I don't care if they were on this the, the card every single night for the next five years. I would not get bored of it. Yep. These, these two individuals just beat the absolute dog piss out of each other, and it, it is delightful to watch. And you see, um, hold on. Did you see when um the camera zoomed in on Seamus? You see his chest was still a mess from the night before. <laughs> oh man, his che- his chest looked like looked like hamburger meat. I mean, it was just oh my god. You know, all all due respect to him because man, that 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 man sure knows how to dole out, and he knows how to take an ass kicking. So, so what do you give this match? Well, let's talk about it a little bit more rather than just grazing past it. Um, no, yeah. No, we're going to talk. Yeah, so much more. So, um, but other than, other than just Seamus and Gunther, which is obviously the highest of high points in the match because of the story being told between them, um, I, I, think, um, I think a lot can be said for the supporting uh, cast. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, you know, Ridge Holland used to used to be like my least favorite. Right? Mine too. I never got the gimmick when he was in NXTK. I never really liked him, but now But he's kinda growing on me a little bit. Yeah. And and you know, um I the only the only thing that I don't like about um, about Imperium now is the fact that they're sticking with the names uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci and Gunther. I wish that they would change their names back to the originals, but other than that, um, but I mean these six guys just they work so well together. Yep, and um, and they have the ability to. Uh, to make me believe that they're in a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's an old saying in, in, in wrestling that its purpose is to suspend uh, suspend disbelief, right? And, or to, I'm sorry, not suspend disbelief, but to suspend, um, you know. Uh, yeah, disbelief. Yeah. yeah, that's a word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so we all we all know it's fake, but they want us to forget that it is. Yeah, what it actually is. So yes, suspend disbelief, and um, and in in this case, I can absolutely do that because these six men beat the living bejesus out of each other, and I love every single second of it. Yep, from from. Pete Dunn, I shall not call him Butch's um, uh, joint manipulation to the um, high cross through through the um, through the announce table by Sheamus. Yep. You know, Pete Dunn jumping off the barrels to hit an offensive move. Um, you know. Ridge Holland breaking up the attempted Imperial bomb. Um, you know, I just mentioned Butch hitting a moonsault off the barrels. 
Um, then, then Guter hit Sheamus with a shillelagh. And it's just like, oh my God. You know, I mean, the action is so hot and heavy that it's hard to, it's hard to call. I mean, the fact that I was able to, you know, take notes and remember those moves in succession, I was, I was rather proud of myself. Um, All right. But, um, Go on. but yeah, this was, this was actually one of my favorite matches of the evening. And, um, and the fact that they kicked off the festivities um, for Extreme Rules, I, I think this was a very smart move because it it just set the set the mood for the evening, if that made sense. Yep, and I I actually I gave this one a four star. I I agree absolutely. As did eighty percent of the fans that voted on Wrestling Data. Now we are joined by my good friend Evan Ginsberg because I was scrolling on Facebook and. He gave his review on each match, so I'm going to read his reviews on the matches. Okay. Cool. All right? So his review of this first match, okay? Absolutely. The Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. A shame to waste six excellent wrestlers on a brawl with a bunch of silly props, and some of the three-on-one pounding stuff got repetitive, but ultimately entertaining and good for this kind of thing. Three and a half stars. Well, well, I I will largely agree with him, um, especially on the on the part about the three on one assaults getting a little bit repetitive. Yeah. Um, I would counter argue that maybe that's the point of some of this. Yeah. Um, with the with the six on six stuff, but over mm-hmm. overall, I would I would agree with him. I think that's a fair critique. All right, so next match was my first week match of the night. It was an Extreme Rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv Morgan defending against Ronda Rousey. Ben, what do you got for this one? Elio, to be honest with you, I don't give a a single shit. No, neither do I. I didn't really enjoy this match at all. I I really don't. And I know that maybe that's unfair, but... But we've we've talked about it ad nauseum for the entire length of Liv Morgan's title run, mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll say it one more time in a condensed uh, fashion um, for those of you that may have missed on um, our show maybe once or twice over the last month and a half. Um, but the problem the problem with Liv Morgan um, beating Ronda Rousey for the championship to begin with is that nobody's going to buy that Liv Morgan could beat um, Ronda Rousey legitimately without some bullshittery going on, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first problem. And then. You know, I I know we I know we we've had some some new um, management takeover and and we've talked about that a lot, um, but but with Liv Morgan in particular, the the old management uh, has to bear some responsibility for this, right? Because they made her into such an underdog, such a fighting champion, right? As soon as she won the championship at Money in the Bank, all you heard was, you're going to have to pry this championship from my cold, dead hands. 
to get this thing off me. This is my dream come true. I'm never going to let this go. And, and yes, she retained the title because the ref didn't see it. But the bottom line is the first title defense she had, she tapped out. All right. So, so right, right in there, you're behind, you're behind the eight ball, and every single promo that you cut since then. Speaking for myself, I I either tune you out, or I hit the mute button, or I go to the bathroom because I don't, I don't give a shit. Now, now, you are not the only person to blame for that because. You know, if I if I'm being honest with you, every single time that Ronda Rousey is on my screen during her second run with the company, I'm 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 finding every single excuse that I can not to be in front of my TV screen. Whether that's I want to make myself a sandwich, I want to I want to grab myself a Mountain Dew, I want to grab myself an Arnold Palmer. You know, I Arnold Palmer. What? <laughs> what? You don't know what Arnold. No, Palmer I know what is. that is. I'm just saying. Okay, it's cool. You, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not. But the bottom line is, it's not even remotely plausible for Liv Morgan to defeat, um, you know, uh, Ronda Rousey. It's just not, <laughs> and um. Was was the match serviceable? Sure, because of the extreme rules stipulation. Was it the weakest match on the card? Yep, absolutely. Yes, it was. Because you needed the 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 stipulation to cover up the skill discrepancy between the two of them. Yeah, I gave this a two star. This wasn't this wasn't really that great. Yes, I and I, I would I would have given it a one star. Now now granted granted that might seem a little harsh, but quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just a little bit tired of the Liv Morgan uh, experiment. And and that and in all fairness to her, that's not entirely her fault. She was set up to fail. And here we go with Evan with the the, the review on this match. God awful botch fest where not only did the fern where not only didn't the furniture cooperate, each love tap with a baseball bat exposed the business. Even Liv's fake eyelashes weren't cooperating. Falling off for the finish. This was painful. Two and one quarter stars. Well yeah, but that and he's being very generous with that final star rating, I can tell you that much. <laughs> but but as as far as his uh as far as his written review, I one thousand percent agree. Nope. Now, up next we have the um strap match. Drew McIntyre and Kenny Cross. This one I expected uh a little more from this uh match. Uh it was okay but yeah, and especially with the ending, I I expected a lot more from this yeah. match. To be honest with you, um, I expected it to be one of the highlights of the night for me. Yep, and it just wasn't. No, nope. uh, considering the the talent involved in this match, they had every single ingredient to knock this out of the park, and they just didn't. 
you know, with the stipulation that they had in place, they should have torn each other apart, and and they just didn't. I don't, I don't know if they, uh, I don't know if if they they if the chemistry was a little bit off. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it was, but everything from the match last to how the match was laid out, everything just felt like a half step behind what it should have been. And while I won't go as far as to say that it was a bad match, it was nowhere near where it should have been. For the amount of build that the match had, for the amount of anticipation and excitement that I personally had going into this match, like I said, I... I'll even go as far as to say that I expected this match to steal the show. Well, 80%, 80% gave this a two-star, which is what I gave it. I, and, and I 100% agree. Two stars is exactly what so I would have given it sorry, as well. Sorry, Mark. It was actually 60%. But yes, uh, and uh, here we go with the review on this match. Considering the quality of these guys, a standard brawl and quite the disappointment. Throwing a screw job finish and even worse. Cross's overwrought intro was more impressive than the match itself. Instantly forgettable. Well, well ex- exact that's exactly right. And and the thing and the thing is why like and and don't get me wrong when I, when I ask you this question, Elio, because I un, I understand entirely the value of what Scarlet brings to um to the presentation of carrying cross. I get it. I love that part of it, and I'm I'm in full support of it. Mm-hmm. But but here here's here's my problem. Okay. So. Uh. Kyrian has all these weapons and his own badass repertoire of moves to 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 go for. He has the strap at his disposal. Um, you know, he's utilizing the ring post, he's doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And of all the things that he can use to defeat Drew McIntyre, he needs his 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 wife. And a and a bottle of pepper spray to get the job done. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the yeah, that ending. Really, Carrying Cross of all people needs pepper spray to get the job done. <laughs> a, 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 a tattooed badass that looks that looks like he's straight up out of the fucking Terminator movies, and and has wrestled like he's in the Terminator movies. Straight up puts people to fucking sleep via the cross tracket um, submission maneuver, which is one of my favorite finishers in the game right now. Needs his girlfriend to put people to, to put people out with with um, with pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Really, I'll, I'll tell you what. I have loved every single bit of of getting across his presentation since he returned. And it has been a rather marvelous fuck you to Mr. Vince McMahon, who, who, who rather grand, rather grandly screwed him. Yeah. Um, but this was, this needed to be Kane Cross's coming out party, and for me, this was a gigantic fail. Yeah. Talking about Kane Cross. 
I'm not saying he can't recover from it, but this, this is not what I wanted to see for his first major marquee match back with the company. Nope, I agree. And um, Ben, uh, what do you say we go into our first commercial break before we continue with this review? Yeah, I have the I have to give a towel anyway. We'll be right back, folks. All right, so that was the strap match with Drew McIntyre and Kenny Cross. Do you have anything else on that? or? No, nope, we're good. All right, moving on. We have a ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending against Bailey. Oh, by the way, uh, before we uh, went back on the air, I was doing the tally. We both picked the uh, Imperium to win, so we lost on that one. But we are... Two and one because we picked uh, Ronda Rousey and Drew Mac and uh, Karen Cross to win. Cool. All right, so Bailey and Bianca Belair, uh, we both picked Bailey to win, so we lost on that one. So we're two and two. Oh, boo! Not not the best of our starts. <laughs> but uh, would you think of this match? Um, I... it wasn't. Bad. I just I couldn't really get into it. I and I think it was just because um I think it was just because I was taken out of the stipulation because I don't know if you noticed this, but the women <laughs> were struggling a lot with these goddamn ladders throughout the entire match. Wasn't it uh during this match where I where I uh Sent you a message uh, asking, is it just me or is this crowd dead for the match? No, I think it was this match. and I think Yeah, no, that's what I was asking. If it, if it was uh, this match, that I messaged you about that. Uh, well, yes, and, and in my opinion, the crowd was dead, to answer yeah. your question. Yep. Um, and I think part of that, as, uh, as Charlie is now choosing this, Time for a cuddle. Hi, buddy. No. He's literally putting his entire head on my foot. Um, but, um, but it's just like, if you can't maneuver the ladders, then why are we having a ladder match? Right. You know, and it's, it's not, it's not that like it's the first time Bailey's been in a ladder match. She was in Money in the Bank. Yeah, and, and, Even, that, and was not Bianca in there in Money of Things as well? I think so. And, and and even at the end of the match, uh, the commentary team said something that took me out of it even further, even after the match was over. They said this was the first time that uh, the Raw Championship had been contested in a ladder match. Uh, no... Uh, did you watch Money in the Bank? <laughs> uh, you know, oh it, God. it's just, can we please? And, and, you know, and, and trust me, I got plenty to say about commentary when we get to the Monday Night Raw portion uh, of the show. So, um, but, but I think Bailey uh, really plays her character well, especially when she was arguing with that fan at ringside. That was summer that she sucks, and she's like, "I suck. I'm winning." Yeah, and um, and I, I, I will tell you, um, though that the one thing that I don't like about Bailey losing 
is that it continues to make damage control look weak as fuck. Yeah, that's what I was. I, I like, was. I was thinking that during the match. I'm like, why are they making uh, Bailey should be winning? Like, if because if Bailey's gonna lose, then why is she even employing damage control? Right. So yeah. Like, was it a bad match? No. Like, I I don't want it to come off like, oh, I'm just hating on the match. But we've seen this kind of ladder match so many times before. Also, also that one scary spot where uh, Bianca drops the Bailey on right on the ladder. Yeah, and and you know, I I I don't need to see any more of those spots. No. Um. You know, and and it kind of goes into my next point. You know, I I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I am by no means squeamish, but the older I get, the more and more I care about the well-being of the of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like you know how necessary is it to take you know sixteen bumps off a fucking ladder? Yep, and. And do they do that in this match? No, but it 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 does take some of the quote unquote magic out of a ladder match. We've seen it time after time after time. And I, I gave this one a two star. No, uh, yeah, two star. And I I'll give it the same thing. Absolutely. Um, however, wow, fans were generous because sixty percent gave it a four. Oh my god. What the fuck? What? Uh, Absolutely not. And now here is our here's the review on this match, okay? okay? So Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels just wasn't. You knew who would inevitably win and just a matter of when. They worked hard, but really nothing special whatsoever. I 1,000% agree with the, with the guy. You know, and, and the more and more I, I hear of this guy's wrestling opinions, the more and more I want him on this show. You should, you should get this guy on this show. Um, because, you know, this is the kind of, of educated wrestling opinion that, that we need on this show. All right, uh, I will actually, uh, I will uh, look into doing that. Very good. Uh, next, we had the I Quit match. This, for me, was match of the night. It started off slow, but it, it picked up uh, in the middle, and especially the, everything that happened at the end was just perfect. Well, I, everything about this match was perfect for me because... You know, yes, was it slow in the beginning? Absolutely. Um, but that's the, that that comes with the territory of telling a good story. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the major criticisms that I heard was, "Oh, it went twenty nine minutes. You could have shaved twenty minutes off of it." You know, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that when we got Edge and Finn Balor delivering a fucking classic in the ring. How many more classics is Edge gonna have the opportunity to deliver? Fuck you! Shut the fuck up! Sit the fuck down and let, <laughs> let, 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 let 
and let real wrestling fans enjoy professional wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, now, this one, I gave this one a five. I gave it. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. You know, and 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 the thing right here about about that too um, is I. Even if the match itself wasn't a five, which, which I'll I'll say for me the match itself was a four, but it was it was the it was the storytelling, it was the emotional aspect of it that made it a five. It was the it was the interaction with with Dom and Edge. It was the interaction with. Rhea Ripley and Beth. It was yep. the interaction with Edge and Beth. You know? You, know what I, you know what I like about what they what they're doing with Beth. I like yeah. how they make her look like like what she is, a wrestler. You know, you know how they have these what, these uh, stars that they that return and then uh, they're in like a backstage role or whatever, and and you forget that they can actually do something until uh, they're involved in the storyline and they get. Like, uh, to get beaten down by the other person they're involved with. Yeah, exactly. Like, Sonya Deville, like, you, people forget that she, she's actually a good wrestler. She can wrestle. It's not that she can't. Yeah, and, and you know, this match, for me, everything considered the wrestling, the storytelling, um, and everything in between made this the match of the night for me. Yep. Um, I now, think... Oh, go on. I think everything that that the um, the Judgment Day is doing makes them the MVPs second only to the Bloodline in terms of what's going on in, in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Now this uh, here we go with this the review for this match. You might you might disagree with this one. Okay. Edge versus Finn Balor I quit match. Wildly overbooked soap opera with a ridiculous ending. Not a bad match until everybody and their mother came into the ring to turn it into an utter circus. Ultimately, a pimple on the ass to flare Terry Funk. I quit match. Well, you know, but do I agree with it? No, but can I see where he's coming from in terms of being overbooked? Yes, absolutely. Um... The reason the reason why I liked it is because I'm such a big fan of Edge and particularly what they're doing to build the storyline between him and and um, Edge and Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't like that, then then this is a mess. If you if you don't like what they're doing with Dom and Rhea, of course this is a goddamn shit show. So it just depends on what aspects you like. So. Yeah. So I I don't think that that take is completely off base, even if I disagree with it. All right, and uh, we come to the main event, the fight pin match, Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Um, the match itself was a bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really would have expected. Um, a classic, given the participants. And too much Daniel Cormier. Um, yes. Now, granted, um, let me let me get this out of the way first, okay? 
I like the fact that Daniel Cormier was involved. I'm a UFC fan. I'm a Daniel Cormier fan. Um, when it was announced that he was going to be involved in the fight pit match at Extreme Rules, I was a fan of it. I was not a fan of his involvement in the Raw segment um, because it came off like that was the announcement that he was going to be involved, but we found out two days ahead of, ahead of time that he was going to be involved. Um, so that was a little weird. And the fact that he didn't come out to break up the disagreement between Rollins and Riddle was a little weird. Yeah. But... Instead, instead, he acted like a general manager on a Titantron. <laughs> right. uh, was a little fucking odd. Um, it, it it was like it was like Johnny Nitro acting, acting as Bischoff's assistant in in, in uh, two thousand four, <laughs> oh, or um, or Chief Sean Morley acting as Eric Bischoff's underling in two thousand in two thousand four two thousand five. Sean Morley. Ugh. Okay. You know, um, so I didn't need that part. Um, I have, I have, uh, I have no complaints about the match, uh, other than the fact that I felt like they spent a little bit too much time on the support structure above the ring, yeah. um, to set up the spot of um, of Rollins c- coming off of it. Mm-hmm. I-, I felt that was a little bit anticlimactic. Now, now I'm glad they did that safely. I I don't I don't need him doing a death defying no um you know maneuver off of that. So I'm glad he was able to catch himself and uh, and uh, you know perform it safely. But uh, did did this match deliver what I felt it needed to? No. Did, did this feel like the ultimate settling of the feud between Rollins and Riddle? No. Absolutely not. So, in, in that respect, did it accomplish its goal? No. So, therefore, was it a successful main event of a pay-per-view? No. I think, I think, I think if anything, the, the main event of this card should have been either, either Edge versus Finn Balor, or or the Donnybrook match. Okay. Because the Donnybrook match was fucking awesome, and it encompasses exactly what Extreme Rules is. Okay. So, I, I don't know. So there, there was a lot of up and down about Extreme Rules. So overall, I would, I would grade it a 6.5 out of 10. What about you? You know what? I gave it a B plus just for the ending. Well, and, and of, of course, of course, we we had, we hadn't forgotten to talk about. Hold on, the hold on. Let, let me read. Let me read the review. This is the final review for the main event. Right. Mad Riddle versus Seth Freaking Rollins fight bit match. Stupidly entertaining, I suppose. This was a glorified steel cage match. Most importantly, na- Riddle's nail polish matched his lime green trunks. I don't even understand wrestling anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got, a, he's got a point. He, he definitely has a point. There. Now, Ben, let me tell you something. Okay. 
when uh when uh, Daniel Cormier and Matt Riddle were at the top of the entrance and they were like about to head back and you see the sign off logo yeah. I was yelling at my TV I was like no get back here don't you dare go away get back here <laughs> yeah well, and then, well then the lights went off and I I don't even know what I saw but it was you know what let me just say this Everything Undertaker does and stuff, or did uh, like in the nineties, etc. All the all the like supernatural magic power stuff that was fine, but this is a whole on a whole other level. What I saw, yeah, I loved the subtle little uh, throwbacks to all his gimmicks. You know, I loved the you know the eater of worlds. I loved all the stuff with the burned out. Um, with the burned out Firefly Funhouse. And uh, um, did you notice the Braley tribute? Yeah, with the bright blue light. Well, not uh, just that, but also the witch. Yeah, that was wearing the same mask that you wore with the, with the Bludgeon yeah, Brothers. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I felt like it was flawlessly executed. And <laughs> over, over, overall, I just felt really good for um, Wyndham Rotunda. Let, let, let me see. Let me see this. The creepiest part was when the camera zoomed in on Husk as the pig. Oh my! That just freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that freaked me out too. I'm like, what? Whoa, okay, like, uh, and then uh, Mercy the buzzard. Then he had uh, the witch rambling rabbit was freaky looking too. He looked like he looked like Donnie Darko. Who's Donnie Darko? Oh, you never seen that movie? No. Oh, oh, okay. Ben, when we sign off, I'm going to send you a picture of, of a scene from Donnie Darko. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, uh, and then uh, the day after, I was looking at the videos on TikTok because everyone was posting all the, it was posting that uh, whole uh, ending. Okay. Right. And and they're also coming up with theories of who these um who the buzzard could possibly be. Right. And one person said the buzzard could possibly be Grayson Waller. Oh God. And uh, and said uh, Huskus the pig could be Joe Gacy because he was in attendance. I I certainly thought hope not. I mean, these guys are not ready for the main roster. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, Grayson Waller is in a ridiculous program with Apollo Crews. And you want to know the the the, the um, theory behind uh, Grayson Waller is because now, uh, remember you we you remember on the on the day de- debut of NXT, right? They had the Grayson Waller effect, right? Yeah. We quoted Jade Roxanne Perez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Okay, I remember when the, the part where Grace Marler was pulled out of the ring by Apollo Crews and pulled under the ring, and then he comes out, he's got his bloody eyes. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. Okay, shit. okay. The, the theory I heard is, well, see, in this picture, Grace Marler has bloody eyes. If you look at Mercy the Buzzard, he's got bloody eyes, too. I'm like, no. 
Oh Jesus! <laughs> Fuck! I I certainly hope not. <laughs> like no, that that that's ridiculous. How do you how do you come to that conclusion? Because but, people because people are, are stupid, or they have right, absolutely right. no life whatsoever. <laughs> all right. So is that all we have for extreme rules? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved Bray Wyatt's return. That oh, was perfect. far and away. That was that was a perfect highlight for me. Match what? Match The highlight was Edge and Finn Balor and yep. the Donnie Brook match. Now, Ben, there's still excuse, excuse you. No, that no. wasn't that wasn't a sneeze. That was a cough. I was oh. trying. That was trying to cover it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Now, now, on Monday, they were still showing QR codes. Yeah, that, I uh, I found that a bit curious, but I guess the uh, I guess the mystery of, um, of Bray Wyatt isn't quite over yet. Right. So why don't we uh, get right into Monday Night Raw, Ben? And first and foremost, I hear people talking, Raw was a fail because Bray Wyatt wasn't on that show. Fuck you. Okay? It's it's called a slow build. Or maybe they had too much on Raw, or they or they felt that not enough of the spotlight was going to be on Bray Wyatt. You know? Cause... Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, you know. <sighs> um, yeah, people are like, well, uh, because they said Bray Wyatt tonight. You know, people really are stupid when they see Bray Wyatt tonight. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be there. Yeah, it, you know, people are so dumb. But anyway, getting into the actual review, uh, let me just scroll back up to the top, and then I'll I'll follow along with uh, with um, LAO's highs and lows. What what did you have? Sorry, I had myself muted there for a minute. So, for highs, I had the Johnny Gargano Austin Theory match. I agree. And uh, Rey Mysterio Chad Gable match. I really liked the the the, inter- the interaction between uh, the Humdick and Rey Mysterio at the end. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, low for me, low points. I had Candice LeRae and Bailey and Omos and. The two, I guess you would call them local guys, local yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. I'm not even going to do an independent spotlight. Maybe next week I'll, I'll come back to it. But um, and, uh, two more highlights, Seth Rollins and Lashley and semi Zayn Matt Riddle. Absolutely. Now, also, for me, on side note, another highlight, the return of the Good Brothers. Yes. Yes, it, it was so good to it was so good to see. I, I um I really think that that adds something interesting to the AJ Styles versus Finn Balor um part. Yep. You know, because they all have history with the with the Bullet Club over in Japan, so that's awesome. And of so, course, and of course, Brock Lesnar making his return, attacking Bobby Lashley. You know, um, I. 
maybe um maybe I'm in the minority here, but for me that was a low point. Um, no, I didn't, know. I, I didn't give that a high point, low point. I, I was just bringing that up because I I saw it on uh, on Instagram the, when the Lashley came out and attacked. Uh, I mean, when a lesser came out and attacked Bobby Lashley. Right. But yeah, for me, uh, yeah, okay, it, whatever. It was whatever. Yeah, but you know, it's just it's hard for me to give uh, Lesnar a high point because it's just like. Um, you know, it's like what else? It's do I have an issue with Lesnar? No, absolutely not. Um, but you know, it's just what else can he do? So, um, what is Lashley doing? Is he going to be a heel now going forward? Well, no. Uh, see, I don't know because because when Brock left, he was a face, right? But. But I don't, I don't think heel versus face matters in this encounter because they're only doing this to set up for the next Saudi show. Oh, okay, that's right, yeah. And yeah, they, uh, and uh, yeah, they, that was the right thing to get the belt off of Lashley because, yeah, we, we know Brock's not gonna beat him for the title. Yeah. So in that situation, well, because. Because if, if Bobby had still had the title going in Saudi, then we know Brock would have taken it off of him. So given that situation, I do, I do feel like it was the right move. How, uh, so. how, how about Mrs. Birthday Celebration? <laughs> I hated it. Uh, you know, I don't... I, I truly don't understand what they're doing with the Miz and Dexter Lewis. I'm hearing oh, a hold lot. On, hold on, wait. Okay, you know, I'm gonna let you go on, but uh, the, after you're done, I go ahead because I'm done with my high point, low points, so you can go on with yours. Okay, I'm hearing a lot about how uh, Dexter Loomis might be involved with the whole Bray Wyatt return and the stable that he might be building. And while I do find that to be compelling. Um, somebody would have to explain to me why Bray Wyatt would lower himself to targeting the fucking Miz. <laughs> uh, n- nobody gives a shit about the fucking Miz. Um, you know, and, and just attack after attack after attack by Dexter Lewis on the Miz with not a shred, not not a minuscule amount of movement forward as to answering the question why the fuck is this happening? Oh, hold on, hold on, sorry. Before you go on, we have to go back to Extreme Rules uh, for a minute. Because what was that ridiculous stuff with the backstage with the mitts and that mascot or whatever? I don't know. That was ridiculous. It's like anything that the Miz is involved with is a low point, and I don't have anything against the Miz. I just don't fucking care. No, we care about Maurice, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the last, the last don't make me spit I, out my drink. The last time I commented <laughs> on, on her outfit, I made I made Elio um, choke out his drink live on the air. <laughs> so. Uh, Let's not go for a repeat of that. Um, but um, but yeah, I just don't care about the Miz. Yeah. Man. It, 
it's nothing against him. I know that's how he's fucked on TV and whatever the fuck, but, um, you know, nobody gives a shit. Um, but, um, in terms of high points and low points, um, uh, let me scroll back up to the, to the top of the review here. So it took a long time for the first match, which was Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano to get underway because mm-hmm. we had a very long uh, wait to get there between the uh, quick TX segment that took place even before the opening Raw credits. Um, and, uh, you know, we got the obligatory... I just have a question for you before you go on. Now, do you think that uh, DX was taking shots at AEW's backstage fighting? No. Okay, because that's what uh, fans are saying. Oh, Triple H took a shot at AEW <laughs> when, he, when, when he said, no fighting, guys. Yeah, well, I don't know, but who gi- who gives a I shit? Don't, right? I, I swear, wrestling fans, just you fans, fucking annoy me. Hey, go on. But anyway... So we get the obligatory cock reference by uh, <laughs> by um, T Generation X. I, you know, I I greatly preferred their um their segment with Cocky, the mascot from the University of South Carolina Gamecock from 2006. That was funny. Uh, for, uh, for limb chickens, not not so funny. No. Uh, so th- th- that kind of sucked. Then we get to the opening uh, segment and where Kevin Patrick is introduced as a new lead play-by-play announcer. We'll get back to Kevin at the end of the Raw review because um, I have something to say about that. Then we have a very long uh, bloodline, bloodline segment, which I wasn't feeling this, especially once Matt Riddle came out. Everything prior to Matt Riddle coming out was was great. You know, uh, Roman Reigns did his bit. Sami Zayn did his bit. I love Sami Zayn. He's like the most entertaining thing on WWE TV right now. I I absolutely love it. You know, Jay can't believe he has to deal with this shit. He's looking over at Roman like, what the fuck is going on? Samuel's like, no, 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 you're not talking to him. You're talking to me. Mm-hmm. You're not being, you're not being very oozy. <laughs> you're not being oozy. You know what? Mm-hmm. I gotta start using that when, when Ben, when your behavior starts becoming egregious, I'm gonna be like Ben. You're not being very oozy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that, <laughs> that, 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 will, that will never happen as long as this podcast exists. I can assure you of that. Um, but, you know, but as soon as Matt Riddle came out, the the, the segment just died. Um, you know, they yeah, had. Yeah, he killed it. Just uh, by coming out. Like, what does he have to do with the bloodline, anyways? Exactly. And then they get into a yeet off. Like, I don't even know what the fuck the word yeet means. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to help you there. Oh, God. A vocabulary lesson with Professor Canella. No, I didn't know what this. I had to look this up. <laughs> okay. I had to look this up because I was like, what the hell are people, are they saying yeet? What's the yeet? 
So apparently yeet means to hurl something, to hurl, like across the room, across the room. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm like, okay. I guess. Okay, well, here, here we go, here we go. Yeet is a slang word that functions broadly with the meaning to throw, but it's especially used to emphasize forcefulness and a lack of concern for the thing being thrown. Example, you don't yeet something if you're worried that it might break. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> But that's the way he means to throw something. Oh God! <laughs> so it's just weird the way the bloodline was using a word. You don't get to see it. We get to see it. It's a family thing. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So after that, we um we finally get to a match. Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano. I did not think that this was worthy of a high point. Um, I don't think anything was worthy of a high point until we got down to uh, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Um, and then, uh, and then the main event with, uh, Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn. Uh, maybe that, maybe that sounds a little bit, um, a little bit off. I did like this edition of, of Raw. It was very, um, it was very storyline driven, uh, with, with the bloodline and, um, and you know Bray Wyatt, we got a lot of teases for Bray Wyatt coming on uh, SmackDown this coming Friday. Yeah. Um. So the one thing I didn't like about that is we got a replay of the entire uh, re- return segment from Extreme Rules. Yeah. So, I, so stop crying about uh, bring up Bray Wyatt that raw. We, they didn't mean that uh, he was gonna necessarily be there. Yeah. So I don't think that was necessary, but yeah, um, but I mean, you know, it was it was an okay edition of Monday Night Raw. Was it fantastic? No, but was it fantastic when you compare it to the tenure of Vince McMahon for fucking fifteen years? <laughs> uh, hell, fucking yes, it was. Um, so. That's all I have to say about Monday Night Raw. And um, Elio, do you have anything to add? No, only that I think we should uh, go into commercial and then uh, we'll be back to wrap this show up with Wrestling Roulette. Very good. We'll be right back, folks. All right, it is time to get into Wrestling Roulette. The way this works, <laughs> I play 10 clips of 21 themes. My co-host has to guess which uh, wrestler that theme belongs to. And a new rule that we added, anytime an NXT theme shows up in the rotation, it's minus one point. All right. So, Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yep. Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, you are on the board with one. 
All right. Here we go with track number two. If anyone listening to this could get that theme, I salute you because I have not a damn clue. <laughs> that is virtual. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And that one is called Poetic Devastation. Jesus Christ. His career was devastating. (laughs) 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 All right, here we go. Track number three. Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, you are up to two. All right. You go to track four. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. All right. Kane, you up to four. All right, how many was that? Oh, that was five. That was five themes there. Okay, so I'm right here. So I'm gonna keep you track here. Okay. All right, here we go. Funkadactyls. The well, yeah, Bruce played Funkadactyls. Yeah, same difference. Although this one is is the Total Divas uh, CD. Oh man! Whatever. All right, track number seven. RVD? Yes, RVD. <laughs> you were up to six. Okay. All right, very good. Doink. Doink. You are up to seven. Alright. So that that's eight tracks. Yep. Alright. Here we go. You are up to eight. Yep. All right, here we go. Track number ten. Oh, 
okay. <laughs> That's the way you can answer it. Oh, all right. I am Gilbert. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> hey, we go track 11. No idea. That is Trent Seven. Never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of him, but I've never heard that theme. All right, so you go track twelve. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You're up to ten. All right. We have eight more to go. Are you ready? Yes, sir. No, sorry, nine, nine more. Cool. Yeah. Oh, God. Jinder Mahal is determined to be no, no, on no. this show every week, Annie. No, it's not Jinder Mahal. It's not? Nope. Huh. Uh, okay, I'll take the L. Who is it? It is Veer Mahan. Oh, okay, okay. All, All right. right, so you're still at 10. 10 I mean, and 3, not bad. All right, here we go. Fuck it. I don't know. I don't know who the girl. I have no fucking That is Emma. Well, I mean, she's the first girl, but god damn, that theme is ghastly. Ghastly. <laughs> All right, wait. Here we go. So you're still at 10, you go number 15. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, yes. Up to 11. All right. Nope. Sorry, Ben. I have to knock you down to 10. Back down to 10. Okay. Fine. Because would you have gotten this one? No. All right, that is the NXT in your house theme. So you are back down to 10. Well, no, that doesn't, no, because that's not a person's theme, so that doesn't count. Oh, no, wait, you know what? That doesn't count. What am I saying? Come on. Smart up. So that's still 11. Yeah, it's still 11. Because that's not a wrestler theme. No, it's not a wrestling theme. What am I saying? All right, all right. So 11 and 4. 4. 14. Okay, so. 15. 15? 11 and 4 is 15. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm saying it's 14 tracks. That's so I'm keeping track because I have 11 14. Okay. 
11 is, is your score and 14 is how many tracks you've gone through. All right. Track 15. That doesn't count. Oh. How am I supposed to get anything out of that? I don't know. That is the gobbledygooker. No. <laughs> okay, you know what? I gotta let you hear the a little more of this because this is this, this is ridiculous. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that, track 15. Here we go with the next one. Track 16 coming up. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? Carlito. Carlito, you're up to 12. All right, here we go. Randy Orton. Randy Orton, 13. Okay, track 18 coming up. You ready? Yep. Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross. Now, why they um, why they made a, a new theme for him when it's basically the same one? I have no idea. I'm not really sure. All right, so track 19, here we go. Uh, I'm not sure. That is Aldo Montoya. Ah, just incredible. Golly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Track 20. Um, I don't know, and I'm probably going to kick myself, but I honestly don't know. That is Tommy Dreamer. Oh, Oh, we're not going to count that one, okay? Let me explain to you why. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. We're not going to count that one, man. I'll tell you why. Because it is not Alice in Chains. No. Okay? Alice in Chains is one of my favorite bands. But that was ECW. We're not going to count that. I don't care. Pick another one. Are you going to cry? No, I'm not going to cry, but I'm making an executive decision on my podcast. 
All right, fine. I really couldn't in my heart. Here we go. Can you replay that? That's the Street Profits? Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Last track. Are you ready? Yep. Track 21. Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. So you you are at 16. So I only missed five. I did. That might have that might have been the best I've ever done at wrestling roulette. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think it is. I think my my I think my previous high was fourteen and seven. Now, now you know what? I've uh, I've decided uh, to do something else. Now we have the NXT themes, which are mile minus one point. I think we should add Tommy Dreamer to the list. Yeah. Except, except when he when he when they actually play his um, Alice in Chains theme. So whenever that other theme comes up, that's also minus one point. Absolutely, I agree. All right. So Ben, what do you say we bring this show to a close? Very good. All right, fans. That is it for your post extreme rules results show. I'm Elio, he's Ben. We will talk to y'all on Saturday. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Well, I, ho- I hope you guys aren't getting tired of hearing us because we certainly have recorded a lot of shows lately. Not th- and not that I'm tired of it, but um, I-, I, could u- I could use a break to recharge the battery. So I, yeah. am, I am rather looking forward to this three-day hiatus. But in the meantime... If you uh, if you've missed any uh, recent episodes, take this time to catch up, and we'll see you once again on Saturday for our regularly scheduled edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you then.